Coaches here at Alive. And I'm Miranda. I'm also a coach here at Alive. What? Oh my gosh. We are so like leaders or something like that. So, anyway, we just want to welcome you guys here. You guys are amazing and so uh, we, we're so excited to have another night to worship the Lord and to like press into what God has for us tonight. And I'm uh, very expectant for uh, just, just what God's going to lead us into. If you don't know, we are Alive and uh, we'd love to connect with you guys. Uh, you send the message alive to 68398, and you get updates regularly about what we're doing and when we gather. Um, and if you also don't know, we are part of the Vineyard Church. The Vineyard Church is that massive church up on uh, Lincoln Avenue, and uh, we love to get together on Sunday mornings and worship the Lord at 11 a.m. Uh, so come join us down in the splash zone in the front left. Uh, it's amazing. So. There's no splashing, only on baptism days, <laughs> just letting you know. Um, but next week, Alive actually won't be meeting here. We'll be having Encounter Night at 7 o'clock at the Vineyard Church on Thursday. So don't Wait, come here what? on Wednesday. What day? Thursday. Is it Wednesday? No, it's Thursday. No, it's Thursday next week. <laughs> so if you don't... There will be pizza at the end, so you should totally come. What? But if what you, day is the pizza? Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Next week, Thursday. If you don't have a ride to the vineyard, please, please come meet us here at 630, and we'll have vans pick you up and take you to the vineyard and take you back here. So you can definitely come join us. Encounter Night just a time to, like, worship more and really just enjoy our church atmosphere because this is cool, but, like, the church is even better. So. It's lit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, if you haven't already, pull out your Instagrams. Follow Alive on Insta, Twitter, Facebook, if we still use that. I don't know. It's kind of for old people now, know. right, Mark? Yeah, yeah I'm, all, I'm all over Facebook, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, please check us out on social media. That's where you'll really get our updates, especially if you don't follow the texting service. And you can follow us on podcasts so you can listen to us weekly just in case if you miss a message or you need to come back and take some notes. Do you guys see all the maroon people right there? You see how beautiful they are? You could be beautiful, too. We have a bunch of Alive t-shirts in the back. We've got all the sizes available, 15 bucks, so uh, don't miss out. Um, and you can wear your t-shirts when you go to small group. Yeah. You know, small group is one of my favorite things about Alive. You know why? Why? Because you get to know people and connect on like a deep level. You know? I like that. And I've, I've had the opportunity to go to three of our small groups. I'm not a girl, so I can't go <laughs> to the girls group. But, but I tried. They said no. Um, <laughs> And it, it, when, I, when I've been there, like, the Lord is just doing so much with the small groups. Yeah. And I'm, like, so happy to be, like, just a leader getting to enjoy, like, what God's doing through this ministry. And so one of those huge things is small groups. So if you're not plugged into one of those, uh, really just talk to anybody, and we can get you connected with either the girls group, the guys group, Bible study, or deeper. Almost every night of the week, we got something for yeah. you. So. We would love to see you guys out at small groups. Mm -hmm. So raise your hand if you already signed up for Fall Retreat. Okay, next week I need to see every hand raised. <laughs> please, please sign up for Fall Retreat. It's now $50. 
you missed the deal, but that's okay. It's still time to sign up. So please come join us October 19th till the 21st. We already have 72 people signed up. What, 72? 72. That's like all of you. <laughs> except the ones more. that didn't raise their right, hands. Except those <laughs> but you guys should please come. It's a great time to just really get to know each other. We have a couple different sermons going on with people from church. I heard Clay's making an appearance. Kyle's making an appearance. Yeah. Daniel's making Daniel! an appearance. <laughs> so please sign up. It's going to be a great time. Oh yeah, we'll have links in the back to sign up. Or you can also ask one of the leaders. We have it on our phone as well. You can sign up tonight. We Seriously, take credit card. Every single leader has it on their phone. Yes. And you can too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so if if God is working on you through this ministry, maybe God's leading you to get baptized. And if that's something that uh, that you are thinking about doing, we would love to invite you to get baptized with us at the Vineyard, and we actually have a process for that. Uh, and, and really, the process is we have a class where we learn about what baptism is. And if that's something that's on your heart, uh, Ryan really wants to invite you to uh, talk to him about that and what that'll look like in your life. Uh, but baptism at, at the Vineyard, and really anywhere, is, is just obeying what Jesus told us to do, you know, as we commit our lives to him. And it's a very special thing that I really love about uh, about the vineyard and how we do that. It's a, it's a really beautiful thing. So even if you're not getting baptized, we'll have that baptism service coming up uh, uh, next month, last weekend. Yeah. It, anyway, just come to church. <laughs> You'll be there, okay? So uh, yeah, baptisms are amazing. And another thing that is really awesome about this campus is that we actually get together with every Christian group on campus. Every Christian group is invited to come to all campus worship. All campus worship takes place twice a year. And you do not want to miss it. It's one of my personal favorite things. We're like the whole body of Christ represented through the, the ministries on this campus come together. And I got to tell you a story. Like God uh, gave me a revelation at one of the all-campus worships of how glorious and how worthy he is. And that was the first time that it really made sense for me in worship to just raise my hands. And I, I felt like I was just stuck this way. Not because I was being forced to, but because God is so worthy. So I just want to tell you that story to encourage you that God can do things and will do things at All Campus Worship. And so we are really pumped to do that on uh, November 2nd. It's going to be in Follinger Hall, which is that big old building straight across the quad from the Union. Yep. There's an upside down pineapple on top of that fun fact. Anyway, <laughs> so if you are new here, please, please come talk to me, Mark, and all of the leaders after a live. We want to get to know you guys, want to connect with you all, and definitely just want you to feel welcomed here. So please come talk to us after the service. Last but not least, come meet us this weekend for Curtis Orchard. We'll be celebrating the kickoff of fall, even though it's gonna be 80 degrees. <laughs> come on. We're gonna take basic pictures with some apples and pumpkins basic and post pictures. them on Insta. Maybe you'll get featured on the story, maybe. But you guys should totally Facebook. come <laughs> on Facebook too. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, please come. So if you guys don't have a ride, we are definitely willing to drive you there. We're going to meet at 120 at the Union and pack you all into our cars. So that before that, we need you to fill out a Google form saying that you need a ride so we can count how many seats we need. So we have this Google form on our phone. So talk to me or Mark, different leaders. And actually, it's in GroupMe as well. We can add you to the GroupMe 
and the newsletter this week that Ryan will email like tomorrow, you'll get that sign up as well. So come join us. It's going to be awesome. And we'll, we're going to leave at 1.30 and we'll be there till 3.30. Awesome. All right. With that, I want to invite everybody to stand up and we're going to just pray and get the night started. So yeah, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, we just invite you to come. Come fill this place. Uh, Lord, it's for you that we're here, God. You're the reason, you know. Yeah, we, we get pumped to see our friends. God, we get excited about all the events that are coming up. But Lord, if it wasn't for you dying for us on the cross 2,000 years ago, we would not be here tonight. And Lord, I just want to right now point my affections towards you. Lord, it's because you first loved us, God, that we, we get to love you back. Lord, and I, I just thank you. Thank you for that, that great story of what you did for us. May we never, ever, ever forget, God. And we just, yeah, again, we just turn our eyes to you tonight, Lord. We just look, look to you. I just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in each of us tonight. May we leave this place a little closer to you, God change to look more like Jesus, our big brother. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you in advance. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are a good father. Lord, just have your way in us tonight. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name.
Jesus, we're just here to meet with you tonight. We're not here just singing songs, God. We're here to meet with you.
Would you just lift your hands and tell him? I surrender, Jesus. I surrender.
Would you just meet us even more tonight? I just sense a sweet, sweet presence of Jesus in this room. God, I just want to know. I want every one of us to know you. Just, God, would you help us open our hearts to receive? All we have to do is receive, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know some of you are just, you know, maybe have felt distant. And the Lord is just saying, I want to show you tonight. I want to show you how close I am, how I've never given up, I've never run away, no matter what your mistake. So Lord, I just thank you that you're always pursuing. in this space and in this place tonight. And I just get this sense, uh, even though it's been really hot out today, it's almost like it's been cold out and God just drawn us home to like a log cabin with just this sweet and warm fire just drawing us close to his heart. And I thank you, Father, that you're doing that through your love and by your love. And it's your love that's the reason that we're here tonight, God. It's your love that pursues us. It's your love that knocks on the doors of our hearts and that fights for us and that lets us be radical and get on our knees and surrender our plans and our lives to you because it's your love, God. There's nothing in the whole world like your love. So God, come and awaken us tonight. 
Come and awaken me tonight and draw us closer to your love. And in that place, help us come alive by your spirit, by your presence, and your life. Yeah, I just feel like even right now in this moment, there's things that's on your heart that the Lord's just asking you to surrender. There's just maybe maybe relationships or people or, or things that you're going after that you've thought for so long that would make you happy and bring you happiness. And he's just saying, will you trust me with those? So, some things doesn't mean you have to let go of them, but will you surrender them to him? And trust that if it's his best for you, that they will stay in your life. And if it's not, then he just has someone or something better. We trust you, God. We surrender to your plan and your will for our lives, trusting and believing. In one hand, we say we surrender. In the other hand, we say that we trust you, we believe in you, and we hope in you, that you have a better plan for our lives than we do for ourselves. Come and wreck us with your reckless love tonight, God, and shake us up. <laughs> and please, we plead that we will leave this place, that I will leave this place changed by your love. Thank you that you are our Father who honors faith. And we come here tonight with faith and expectation that we will encounter and meet the living God, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and the Father of fathers, the Father of fathers who loves us because you love us, because you love us. Draw us close to your love tonight. By the precious and beautiful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Oh, thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Man, can we give it up for our worship band? Thank you so much, friends. Man, we are so, so blessed by you guys. Um, just got to do this, but want to give a shout out to Daniel Goulet. Uh, he's just been such a mentor and older brother in my life, and yeah, we're so excited to have him back and uh, have him come to Fall Retreat this year. Yes, we do have a stacked lineup for Fall Retreat. Um, I haven't shared this with anyone yet, but we have Kyle Howard and Daniel coming to lead worship. But then we actually have Kyle and Daniel also speaking. So this is something Daniel's done a lot of, but actually Kyle hasn't. So Kyle's super excited, maybe a little nervous, but we know that he is just such a strong testimony and story to share. And then Saturday morning, we actually have Leah Wanger and her husband, Ben Wanger, come in to uh, share with us for the Saturday morning session. And then uh, Saturday night, we have the one and only Clay Harrington and if you don't know Clay, you are in for a treat. So <laughs> it, will get, uh, it will get fun. Maybe a couple dance parties. Um, and uh, it's just going to be a blast. So seriously, if you haven't signed up yet, please, it's one time uh, a year. And there's been some people that are like on the fence last year. And then you have to wait a whole other year. So just take a risk, sign up, 
If you can't afford it, Mark will pay for you. I'll pack your, your lunch so you'll have food. But no, that, that includes uh, food. That includes uh, driving there, you know, uh, your, you know the, not the hotel because we stay in log cabin. But we have a bed. You don't have to, you know, pitch a tent or anything. But it's just a blast and so many memories. We have 72 people signed up already. Come on. Let's go. That's crazy. Last year, we had 50 people sign up a month before. So uh, expectation is we're just going to each year keep growing. So um, all right. Well, my name is Ryan. If you don't know me, hi. Uh, nice to meet you. I'd love to meet you after over by the Connect t- uh, table. We're going to have, I think someone said it's a p- pumpkin bread tonight. That sounds amazing, if that's true. Uh, is Sadie in here? Sadie, do we have pumpkin bread tonight? Pumpkin bars. Okay. Awesome. That sounds even better. So <laughs> can we just give it up for Sadie real quick? Give her a round of applause. Sadie and her team cook treats and bring food every week. And you're awesome, Sadie. Thanks for leading that team. Um, so we are kicking off a new sermon series tonight. I'm so excited about this. If you've been with us uh, the last couple of weeks, we were kind of looking at uh, whose we are, who we are, and what we're meant to do in this life. And we've been praying about what we're supposed to go to now and really feel like because we love Holy Spirit and we are so radically uh, just proud that this is a Holy Spirit-led church and ministry, we want to be Holy Spirit-led people, we kind of took two concepts of like, well, if we're so about Holy Spirit, which we're about him because Jesus was about him. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so why don't we spend the next nine weeks looking at the fruits of the Spirit? There's nine fruits or characteristics of the Spirit. And basically what this means that when you see these characteristics, Allie and Sarah, look at you guys. You guys are awesome sitting next to each other. Um, sorry, just give me a shout out. <laughs> but man, you, you're like, wow, that's evidence that this is Holy Spirit. That's evidence that this is God. And then another student had this idea of like, well, what are we carrying in culture? Because culture is what changes lives, right? If you look at history of even America, you know, you, there's different culture in the 80s and different culture in the 90s. And, and culture is what changes atmospheres, what changes perspectives, is what changes generations. And so what culture are we living, we bring to our generation? even though I might not be in all of your generation. <laughs> Mark's with me. But you, what, what, what is your, how is your generation, Hannah, shaping culture in this world and this life? And so we have this concept of let's look at a sermon series where it looks at the fruits of the Spirit and connects it to what are we carrying in this culture, that we are culture carriers. And when we bring the kingdom and the perspective and the mind of the kingdom and the, and the life of the spirit in us, Megan, that changes culture and culture changes generations and lives. So I'm so excited as I spent time praying. We have a lot of amazing leaders and students and pastors from the vineyard that I could ask to preach. And I was like, God, help me. How do I know? And he just said, look and ask me who are people that are walking tangibly in each one of these fruits not saying others aren't not saying i'm not but but when you think of this fruit what name comes to mind and and, you know i like to think of it as a sports so i like to play many different sports uh ultimate frisbee i play softball i love 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 football as most of you know but there's one sport that i growing up even as i played a lot of sports or maybe you did a lot of activities that you knew was your thing like, I knew growing up, soccer was my thing. That was the thing I was most confident at. That was the thing I was most good at. No one was going to say that I'm not a soccer player. 
because that was my thing. And so we all have the fruits of the Spirit because when we ask Holy Spirit come into our lives, he, he, he bears, he grows these fruits or these characteristics within us. But a couple of us, some of us, have one or two things that we're really walking in, that we're really just stewarding and abiding in well. And each week, a student or a coach is going to share about that fruit that God has so brought in their lives. And I'm so excited and so honored to introduce our speaker tonight. But before I do that, I'm gonna sh- I want to read this verse from you to kind of set up our whole sermon series. And, it, and, it, and it's from Galatians. Some of you might be like, man, why are we talking about fruit? Like, when we talk about fruit, I'm thinking like apples and bananas and grapes. But we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and it says this uh, in Galatians 4. Um, where am I? Galatians 5. That's why I can't find it. Thank you. <laughs> like, I thought it was right there. You see, here's what happened. I was actually reading this and studying this from another Bible, and I grabbed this Bible, and they are different spots in my Bibles. All right, here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I just, I just love to even sometimes before I go to bed at night, I just think about the fruits. And I, I, I just say them over my mind. And I ask myself, how am I walking in love right now? How am I walking in gentleness right now? Man, I know I need a lot of work in patience and peace right now, <laughs> which, which helps me be more self-controlled right now. But those are growth areas, right? Those are awareness areas of how we can become better and what God is doing more in our lives. And so today, I'm so excited to introduce your speaker and someone who just truly walks this out ever since I've known her. I remember the first time I, I kind of remember meeting her, um, Abby Ann, uh, met Abby Ann her, her freshman year, and she, she brought, Abby Ann was just on fire, she still is on fire, telling everyone about Jesus, and probably her whole dorm knew about Jesus. I remember she came in one day, I, I prayed for everyone on my floor. <laughs> well, one of these girls that she prayed for on her floor actually came with her to Alive, and I remember introdu- her introducing this, this, this sweet little girl named Naomi, and Naomi was so just shy and kind and was like, hi, I'm Naomi. And, and you know, and like, and she was, just, she was just so sweet, right? And she still is sweet. But I remember one day we were, we were at the Y back then. We were packing up in the van and, uh, you know, we're kind of hustling and bustling to get out of there. And, and this girl comes and knocks on the window. And I roll down the window. I'm like, yeah, is everything okay? And she's like, hi, I'm Naomi. And can I, can I just tell you something? And I was like, sure, you know. And, 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 and I just knew she was Abby Ann's friend. Like, I, I just had met her once. And, and she says, I just, man, uh, she says, uh, you know, I've been here. My, it's almost the end of my first semester, my freshman year. And uh, I've been looking all over campus for family. And I just want to let you know that I believe I finally found it. And uh, from that moment, she uh, really became like a little sister to me, and she was my wife's maid of honor in her wedding, and um, has just been such a special part of our lives and of a life. And she so walks in this love for the Lord, this love for people, which so translates to her life being all about family. And so I'm so honored and so proud of you, 
and so excited for what God's going to do in you and through you. So could we give it up for the Nomi Gnomes? <laughs> guys how are you I'm just gonna bring this into the middle open up my Bible how are you guys all doing tonight it's so good to be here um, before I get started when I was in worship I just felt like God wanted me to remind you guys that when we hear the word love it can be kind of a hot button word right if we've been hurt by people in our lives that we thought loved us um, or if we have kind of a twisted view of love based on pain that we've experienced in our own lives I just felt like God wanted to remind you guys tonight that his love is different, that his love is pure and real, and it's not going to hurt you. And so as we talk about love, to set down your expectations and your perceptions of what you've currently thought of love and open up um, your ears and your eyes and your heart to just let him give you a new perspective. Yeah, so as I was preparing for this message, I was thinking back on freshman year, right, what Ryan was talking about. And it's crazy because I've been coming to live for four years. I'm a senior now, and my first ever time at a live was October. The first week of October, I came to Encounter Night. Um, Abby Ann brought me, and it's so crazy because it's the first week of October right now, four years later, and I'm speaking. So it's just a testament to God being so full circle and so intentional. And if you give him your pieces, he'll truly make something out of it. Um, so, to kick us off, I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about the things I love, because, you know, some of you might know me, some of you might not, but I wanted to share with you. The number one thing I love, obviously after God, and probably before my friends, is Chick-fil-A. How many of you guys love Chick-fil-A, right? I love Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A so much that I'm willing to drive an hour away to Bloomington, Illinois to get Chick-fil-A for like, what, five to 10 minutes of eating? I eat pretty fast. So yeah, apparently we're getting a Chick-fil-A here in Champaign. <laughs> praise break, praise God, the miracle has come. But yeah, I love Chick-fil-A. I love Starbucks, I love weekends, and I really like naps. I think if I asked you guys some of the things you love, you'd all be able to tell me something, right? But so often I think we use the word love when we really mean other things. See, the word love is powerful, but I think it's lost some of its meaning. Love isn't just a feeling or a choice. It's active, right? It has weight. It has power. And tonight, as we look at God's word and what love truly is, we're going to hop into 1 Corinthians. And so I'm going to read the whole thing. It's going to be a lot, but then we're going to break it down. So it'll be on the screen behind me if you want to join me in 1 Corinthians. It says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Paul goes on to say, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, 
and endures through every circumstance. When I read that, it's powerful, right? It's a new perspective on what God has shown love to be. But I think sometimes, at least for me, when I read the Bible, I can feel a little bit overwhelmed. Like, that's great, God, but how do I actually walk that out? And I think it's so important when we look at the word of God to see the context in which he's written it. Because God is so intentional with context, and he frames his word within a story. So I wanted to jump back before chapter 13 to chapter 12, And Paul is writing to the people of Corinth, and he's talking about unity in the body of Christ. He says this in 1 Corinthians 12, 24 through 25. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but so that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And I think the only way we see true love is walked out in the context of family. The only way we can have family, we can have this unity, is by love. And when I see this phrase, equal concern for each other, it reminds me of God's heart for us, right? God doesn't pick favorites. He doesn't love us because we've done something for him. He loves us freely. And so when we talk about loving others in the body of Christ, I think it's so important that we recognize each person as unique, as individual, as vital to the body of Christ, as needed. There's stuff that you guys have that I don't excel in, that you can give away, that you can teach me. And there's stuff that I have that maybe the Lord has shown me that he wants to use me to teach you guys. So as we talk about family and as we talk about love, I think God gives a perfect picture in 1 Corinthians 13. So now we're going to break it down. The first part of 1 Corinthians says, love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or boastful or proud. The first thing I want to propose to you guys tonight that love does is love lifts up. Love encourages people. To love others, we have to turn the attention off of ourselves, onto the world around us, onto the brothers and sisters that God has placed in our lives, and we have to love them. But to love them, we can't compare ourselves to them. See, I think the first thing love does is love puts down comparison and it picks up compassion. God is so compassionate. God doesn't compare us to each other, but I think so often in this world, we take it upon ourselves to compare. So if I'm looking to my right or my left and I'm thinking, wow, they really know how to love. They're doing great. They seem like they're excelling in life. What am I doing? It's so hard to love people. I think comparison is rooted in fear, and where there is fear, there cannot be love. So love lifts up. It's unconditional encouragement. Jesus modeled this so perfectly for us, and in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, it says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. It was because of his great love for us. Love was his motive. And when we think of the physical representation of Jesus, I love metaphors. God speaks to me in metaphors. But Jesus physically rose up out of the grave, taking our sin, taking our shame, our disappointment, so that we could have new life, so that we could have close relationship with God. And he's called us to do that for others. Maybe that doesn't look the same for each of you, but it has a lifting up element. We can think of Jesus raising from the grave what that actually looked like, the love that God had that compelled him to send his only son to save us. I think that's so important when we think about love. Love lifts up. 1 Corinthians 13 goes on to say this. It says, 
It is not self-seeking. Another translation says, it does not demand its own way. The second thing I think love does is love leans in. Love is sacrificial. See, I think anything good comes with a little bit of sacrifice. So often that's hard, right? Because we don't want to do it. But I think true love is stepping into those moments when we feel stretched, when we feel pulled, when we feel like we have nothing to give. Because God always has something to give through us. So love leans in. In 1 John 3, 16 through 17, it says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. See, God paid the highest sacrifice. We have a perfect example in scripture of what that looks like, what it looks like to lay down our lives for our friends. But I think sometimes we see that as so big, as impossible for us to do, as something that we're just not given the opportunity to do. But I want to propose to you guys tonight that sacrifice can look like a lot of things. It can look small, it can look big, but it's the heart behind it, it's the motive. And the motive must be love. See, we see in scripture that love risks rejection, right? All throughout scripture as Jesus travels from town to town and he loves people. I never see him loving people hoping that they'll get something in return. Oftentimes, he didn't, right? People didn't like him always. People were angry at him. People weren't consistent. But other people's consistency didn't determine the measure of his love. And I think when we talk about loving, when we talk about sacrificing, it's so important to remember that God's consistent. He's with us, and he's showing us how to sacrifice for people. And you know, sometimes we sacrifice for people, but sometimes other people sacrifice for us. And if you guys can think of a time in your life when someone sacrificed for you and how that made you feel, how that changed your perspective, I know it's radical. For me personally, I experienced this firsthand This summer, I had the awesome opportunity to intern in Miami for a church there, and I was surrounded by 25 other interns, and I was only there for eight weeks, and so I went in a little hesitant. I didn't really know if I was going to make a lot of friends, but we ended up growing super close. We ended up becoming a family, and while I was there, it was almost over. It was about week seven. My dad called me, and he let me know that my grandma had passed away, and I was shocked, right? I knew she was sick and that, you know, she was going to pass away soon, but I was really praying like, God, can we just wait a couple more weeks because my program is ending and it's really hard to get home and I don't know how I'm going to do this. Flights are really expensive. But God always works out all the details, right? He doesn't care about the practicality. And so I told my dad, I have to come, right? I have to go. I want to be with my family and supporting my family during this time, and so I told the people in my internship, it was Monday when my dad called, and the funeral was on Wednesday, and so it was very soon. So I told my dad, we really have to book the flights, and he said, okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. So tomorrow came, it was Tuesday, the funeral was the next day, and I called my dad again, and I said, I don't mean to stress you out, but we really need to book these flights. And he said, it's fine, don't worry about it. And I was getting a little nervous, right, because I'm a planner. So I wanted to know when I was going, and I wanted to make sure I was there because it was really important to me to be there. 
And so everyone in my intern class was praying for me, and I knew that they were just surrounding me with love. And so Tuesday night came, and the workday was over, and I went back to my apartment. And some of the interns came over, and they had a card for me. And they said, we know you're leaving tomorrow. We just want to give you this as a little token so you know that we're with you as you go. But you can't open it in front of us. And I was like, dang, I'm so impatient. I was like, okay, guys, you need to leave right now. I need to open this card. So they leave, and I go into my room, and I'm trying to think, like, what could be in this card that's that important that I can't open it in front of them? And so I went into my room, and I ripped open the card, and there was a prayer in it, and it was beautiful, and it was long, and it moved me to tears. But there was another piece of paper inside the card. And so I opened that piece of paper, and it was folded up really, really small. So it took me a while to unfold it. And when I looked down, I saw a plane ticket sending me to Boston to visit my family for the funeral. And in that moment, my heart was moved, and I knew how big of a sacrifice it was for them, right? Because I had been looking at tickets. I knew how much they cost. I knew that that sacrifice, that gathering their resources, wasn't easy. But I believe tonight God is calling us to make some sacrifices because it's not easy, because he loved us first, and because we now have the opportunity to give that away And you know what? It wasn't just the act of getting the plane ticket, right? That was amazing. That was radical. But it was the heart behind it. And it changed my whole perspective. It turned what could have been a really, really sad weekend into a weekend where I knew I was supported and loved by family. And while I was there, while I was feeling sad or alone or doubtful, I remember that moment. I remember that sacrifice. And I felt them so with me while I was there. So love leans in. It sacrifices. 1 Corinthians 13 goes on to say, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So the third thing I think love does is love lets go. It forgives. This is a hard one for me, right? I think it is for a lot of us. Sorry. Using the Britney mic, it's all new. Um, Yeah, so love lets go, forgives. I'm walking through this right now in my own life to give you guys a little bit of a background. I grew up in two separate homes. My parents got divorced when I was five, and so from a very young age, I had two atmospheres. I had my mom's house, because she um, got saved right after my parents got divorced. So we went to church together, and I went to youth group, and I was in that atmosphere. And then the other half of the week when I was with my dad, he wasn't a Christian, and so I love him very much, but I didn't follow the same faith background. And so as a young child, that can be kind of confusing, because I'm in and I'm out. And I loved church, I loved that community, but I didn't really know how to commit. And so as I grew older, and as I began to choose my faith On my own terms, I got saved when I was 14. I committed my life to Christ. Best decision I've ever made. It changed my whole life. Um, And as I began to grow and walk and what that looked like in high school, my mom was a huge pillar of my faith. I looked to her a lot um, for how to walk out life with Jesus, how to walk out relationship. She taught me so much, and I'm so grateful for the seed that she planted in me and the ability she gave me to learn to know Jesus. So I came to college, and, you know, college is interesting, right? Because it's the first time that we truly get to walk out on our own what we believe in. We get to take a stand for something. We get to go to this huge place where no one knows us, 
and say, this is what matters to me. And so my faith became very real and very important to me freshman year. And that's when I came to Alive in October. And when I came to Alive, my perspective of who God was grew so much, right? For the first time, I understood what grace was. I understood what sacrifice was, what Jesus truly did for me. My faith wasn't just what people had told me, but it was now a relationship with Jesus, with God. And I'm so grateful for that that journey and that journey that I'm still walking on. And so freshman year happens, and I'm so excited to tell my mom, right? Because I felt like we'd been in this little bubble, in this little tunnel, like our faith was just this. And now God was showing me that life with him was this. And I wanted her to know. And so I was so excited to go home and to tell her. And November rolls around a freshman year. And I don't know how many of you guys were excited to go home freshman year, but I just felt like, get me out of here. I don't know what I'm doing. And I just needed a break. Sometimes we just feel like we need to go home to just rest. And so I was really excited to go home. And it was a week before Thanksgiving break. My mom called me like she often did. And when I picked up the phone, I knew right away something was different, right? Felt a distance on the phone. And she said, hi. And I said, hi. And she said, how are you? And I said, good. She said, I have to tell you something. And I said, okay, what is it? And she said, I've been going through a lot, a lot of stuff that I haven't told you. And I'm sorry, but you can't come home. I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to see you. And I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'll let you know when I want you in my life again. And you know, when she said that, right away, I felt like someone had punched me in the stomach, right? I didn't know what to do. It wasn't a conversation. It was a declaration. And the phone call was over. She hung up. And I walked home that afternoon, and I felt numb, really numb. I didn't know what to do. I felt confused. I felt alone. I felt angry. I didn't feel love in that moment. And so often, I think, in our own lives, when someone that we love, that we've received love from, does something that hurts us, those are the moments when God's love becomes real, right? Because it's easy to say that God's love is all we need, that he fills that void, that his love is sustaining, and those things are true. But when someone in our lives loves us really well, it can be easy to place God's love on the back burner. To say that when life is good, you know, thank you, God, but I've got love around me, right? But what happens when life gets really hard, when you feel really alone? I think it's in those moments that God's love is so vital. It's so important. See, for me, I learned through all of this that whenever we hold on to past hurts from those that we love, we are saying that their love sustains us over the love of the Father, Only he can fill that void. And that's hard. That's something I'm walking through right now. And, you know, even as I was preparing for this message, I was reflecting on the current state of the situation because, you know, freshman year passed and then sophomore year came and we met for lunch, Christmas of sophomore year. And I talked and I told her how angry I was and how much she had hurt me, but nothing outwardly changed. So junior year came and went. Now it's senior year, and I still haven't gone home. My situation still isn't different, but my perspective can be. Yeah. The way I love her can be different. 
So I was challenged as I was writing this message, what are the ways that I'm loving my mom today? And so often, if I'm honest with you, there aren't many ways. I've been angry, and I've shut her out, and I felt like God was encouraging me to share with you guys that so often we think we'll love when restoration happens, right? Once things are resolved, once things are restored, then I'll love. Then I can turn my love on. But what if our love is the restoration? What if all we have to do, instead of telling people that they're wrong, that they've hurt us, that we're angry, what if all we have to do is love them? See, love moves mountains. Love breaks down barriers. And sometimes it takes radical love for forgiveness to move in our lives. Yeah, so I want to challenge you guys tonight as we continue to talk about love. Who is someone in your life that's hard to love? Who is someone in your life that maybe you've shut your love off to? And how does God see them? Because the hard truth is maybe we stopped loving them, but God never did. He doesn't shut his love off. His love isn't conditional. And so often when we're grappling with how to love people, it's simply a perspective shift. It's simply asking God, God, how do you see them? What do you say about them? How do you love them? And let me love how you love them. See, love lets go. Do you want me to use this instead? Okay. Sorry. Um. Okay. Well, now it's half off, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so love lets go. Love forgives. In 1 John 4, 10 through 12, it says it like this. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. See, this is beautiful, right? Because God didn't wait for us to love him. He loved us first. God's love was radical. Jesus embodied this radical love on earth. And I think tonight I'm really challenged to look at the ways in my own life that I love. To look at the ways that I shut my love off because I've experienced pain. See, for so many of us, I think there's real pain when it comes to family. But there's also real love. And we've been given this gift called the body of Christ that shows us what love walked out looks like. See, the body of Christ doesn't operate off the same rules as our biological families. I think for so many of us, when we think of our biological families, maybe we have siblings, and so there's comparison or there's competition. Maybe we grew up in a home where our parents were really strict, and so we felt like we were always letting them down. Or maybe we grew up in a broken home, a home where there wasn't real love, a home where we just saw anger and hurt. And so I'm so encouraged because family in Christ can be the redeeming reminder for all of us what love in action looks like. We're not perfect. No one is. But when we love with the love that Christ has given us, it changes things. It changes atmospheres. I'm so excited that I get to walk out relationship with my mom differently. That 
as the future comes, as I pray for restoration, God has given me the invitation to love her how he loves her, to put down my hurt, to put down my disappointment, to give her back to God. I'm done holding on to her. I'm letting her go. I'm not letting our relationship go, but I'm letting my tight grip on who I've expected her to be to go. And I think tonight, God is inviting some of us to let go of our expectations. See, we hold ourselves to super high expectations, right? But I also think for some of us, there's some people in our lives that because of our pain, because of our hurt, we've held to a really high expectation. And so as we talk about love, I want to remind you guys that it's a free gift. Love brings freedom. It really does. And loneliness, loneliness can exist where there is love. So if there's any of you guys tonight that are feeling lonely, feel like you don't have a place in this family, I just want to say that's a lie. Because this family has been given to us and you each have a unique spot. You each have a unique purpose. And it's not because of what you do, what you say, or what you bring. It's because God knew that we all needed each other. See, God puts each person in your life there for a very specific reason. So this family, this community is special, right? And the other communities we're a part of are special too. But specifically, this one is given to us to show us how to love each other. So love is the first of all fruits. When we look back at that passage in Galatians, it's so cool how God puts those things in order, right? I really think he did it for a purpose. And I think tonight that love empowers all of the other fruits of the Spirit. See, I can't have self-control if I don't have love. If I don't let God first love me and then show me how to have self-control. I can't have gentleness if I haven't first received the love of God. I'm definitely not patient <laughs> when I don't have love. Yeah, God is intentional to put these fruits in order and empower them. And as we move forward in this series, we're going to hear from some awesome other students who are going to share these fruits of the Spirit. But I felt like tonight as we were closing that God was reminding us that these fruits of the Spirit, they all work in tandem with each other. And so we can't isolate them or say that one is more important than the other, but we need them all. We need all of them. And we need to first receive his love, to be his love, to give away his love, to then allow us to receive these other fruits. See, we all have them. But I think tonight he wants to awaken in us and remind us that we have these fruits and that they're not meant to just stay in our tool belt. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be empowered. So before tomorrow comes, before we walk out to our classes and we change atmospheres because we're culture carriers and God has called us to change the atmospheres around us, before that happens, felt like tonight was a night of receiving, of receiving his love. Because if we don't first receive it in our own hearts, it's not going to make any change. See, the change has to come from us. It has to start with us. We have to be willing to let down our pain and our suffering and our anger at the door. You know, as I reflect back on just my own story and the story of my mom, you know, it's okay to be angry. But it's what I do with that anger 
that determines the outcome of my situation. See, I can't hold on to that anger. Not when the love of God is in the room. I don't have a choice. I don't have an option. Holding on to that anger is staying in my pain. It's staying in my self-pity. And it's shutting me off from the love that God wants to pour out on me. See, he's here. His love is here. But when I hold on to that anger so tight, it's like the only thing I see in front of my face. So worship team, you guys can come back up. But as we go back into worship, I just want to invite you guys to receive the love of God. To open up your hearts. To let him show you how he loves you. Yeah, and let it just be an intimate moment with him. I'm going to read this one more time, what love is. And you guys can stand as we go back into worship. His love changes everything. And so tonight, if there's pain in your life, if there's sorrow, if there's heartache, his love is here to wash it clean, to give you a fresh perspective, to give you a new hope. Love gives us so much hope. Yeah, so this is what God says about love. This is the love he's given to you. This is the love that lives inside of you guys. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. See, God is love. And God exemplified his love when he sent Jesus to this earth to be our friend and our savior. And I think we're given a beautiful opportunity in these moments to reflect on the love of God. How has he changed your life? Just take a moment to think about that. Because I think posturing ourselves to receive God's love starts with gratitude. So as we go back into worship, let us just be grateful that God's love is always present, that it never goes away, that you can't disappoint his love, you can't reject his love or shut it off. It's a constant flow. And if you let it change your life, it's going to get rid of all the pain and all the heartache it's going to give you a new hope and a new way to relate to those around you, a new way to live out as culture carriers. So God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that this love is free and God, that you've given it to us and that you lavishly pour it out on us, God. And tonight we open ourselves up again to you, God. We ask that you show us how you love us, God. We ask that you meet us here personally tonight, God, and in the places where we feel pain, where we feel heartache, God, that your love floods in, God, and it fills those places. 
those places of emptiness, God, we ask that the void is erased tonight, God, that you fill us up again, that you remind us who you've called us to be and what you say about us, God. So we thank you for your love. And as you have loved, God, show us how to love each other. It's in your name we pray. so much gnomes that was such a powerful word can't already, i'm already excited to listen to the podcast um i just feel like the lord's really stir, stirring hearts and uh at this time we're just gonna go right into ministry time so we're gonna have leaders on both sides of the room and you know there's been times in my life as gnome said that you don't always feel close to love or you don't know how to love um, leaders if you can go to the sides please sure there's enough people on both sides we just want to give an opportunity to come and just receive prayer wherever you're at if you need to head out to do homework or go home for the night we bless that but we would ask you to stay and get some prayer and journey with us on these next couple of songs of letting the father encounter your heart with his love that never gives up that never fails that's patient that's kind always seeks you out. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Jesus. 
Your love has ravished my heart and taken me away, taken me away, and all I want is to be with you forever, with you forever. Your love has ravished my
Earn it. 
I just believe the Lord is just saying there's a place in your heart. You know that few of us ever let him into. I know he's been talking to me about that. Where it's just kind of hard to really let go. To really let him in, to trust him. But you know there's nothing that can separate us from his love. There's no, there's no mistake. There's nothing, there's no mountain. There's no lie that can separate from the freedom of his love. And so as we declare this, I believe in faith that you're gonna let him in, that I'm gonna let him into that place. Lord, we're here to say that we're going to let you into that place that we've been trying to keep you out of because it's a scary place of letting totally go. And so we just give our hearts to you, Jesus. We say you're worth it. We, that we can trust you, Lord.
declare that. There's only love, only love, only love in the eyes of the Father. There's only love, only love, only love in the eyes of the Father. We receive your receive your love. Receive your love, Lord.
Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord. Just all the truths we sang tonight, God, would you let them go into our hearts deeper than before? That there is no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up. There's no wall that you won't tear down. <laughs> There's not even a lie, God, that you can't break. So we're just saying, come, at, come after us, Lord. We're inviting you to have your way. sing that chorus over us one more time literally right before you said that I was about to, you took the words out of my mouth which, which just, chorus? oh that one? yeah, the last yeah, one. yeah. because I feel like that so summarizes Naomi's message of love tonight that love doesn't give up love doesn't fail, love seeks you out and finds you wherever you at they kick down the door, they light up any shadow and just any area in our lives tonight I just hear the father saying I'm seeking you, I'm pursuing you and a father doesn't give up on his kids. Right now, Sarah, the father isn't giving up on you. Ryan, the father isn't giving up on you. Yeah, and I just feel like there's an invitation tonight. Will you not give up on yourself, Ab? Because he's not giving up on you. He's not giving up on you, Wes. But will you not give up on yourself? So as the band sings this over us one more time, I pray that you hear the Father sing this over you. That his love is reckless and relentless. And it will never give up pursuing your heart. So no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on, declare that. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. I won't turn out coming after me. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, God, we thank you for this love. We thank you that it breaks down our barriers and our walls, God, and that tonight you just came rushing in, God. We thank you that you're so faithful each and every time to meet us, God. We thank you that this love continues as we leave this place, goes with us. You go with us to our homes, to our apartments, God, and that you're with us as we sleep and as we rise. God, we thank you that you are our constant, our friend, our ever-present hope, God. We just ask that this love continue to bubble up inside of us and change us, God, from the inside out. As we open up more and more of our hearts to you, God, we ask that you just shape them and mold them and break off anything that doesn't have to be there anymore, God. Yeah. 
God, we ask that you use us, God, and that you shape us and that our lives be a living testament to your love on this earth, God. So we're so grateful. We're so thankful. Continue to work on us and move in us and do what only you can do, Father. We give our lives to you. We give our hearts to you. We fully surrender to come and do whatever you want, God. So we're so thankful for moving tonight, God, for our life, for everything that you are stirring and building in this community, God. And we are excited because this is just the beginning of this semester, God, and we can't wait for all that's to come. It's in your heavenly name that we pray and that we leave tonight as family united in Christ. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for coming. There are some pumpkin bars outside. Um, so if you guys want to hang around and chat, there'll be a bunch of people outside. And also, if you haven't signed up for fall retreat yet, we have fall retreat sign up and a bunch of leaders that would love to talk to you about getting plugged in. So we love you guys, and we'll see you next week, Thursday, for Encounter Night at the Vineyard. Or Saturday, we're going to Curtis Orchard. Sorry, we do so many things. I love you guys. Good night. Teach you to love.